the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Struggling with something? Feel like you're alone in the world with no one to help? Not sure even what to pray for or how to pray? Well, we have some answers and encouragement for you next, here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. We've all been there a time or two, and we'll probably be there again. Those moments in life where we're just done, but we're not really sure even why or how. And when it comes to praying, well, we're lost in there as well. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Gary Wagner reminds us that there is an intercession that takes place with the Holy Spirit for those of us who are in Christ. And there is some real encouragement here, especially if you feel you're going through the ringer at the moment. Join us here in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Real bit of hope for us today. Here's Pastor Gary with today's edition of Abounding Grace. We are told at the end of verse 25 that we are to wait. We are saved by hope, yet the full glory of our salvation has not yet appeared. But also in this dynamic, there is suffering. And one of the last things we want to hear when we are suffering is, just wait, everything will be okay. Patience is not very welcomed advice when we are crying. For most of us, this is a fact. You know, even when we are not suffering, there's still a longing in the heart of every Christian for Jesus, our husband, to come back. We want him to perfect all things and renew all things and raise us from the dead. There are so many things that we look forward to as Christians as we walk now by faith. Now, how do we put these things together? Suffering, waiting, patience. Well, turn with me to a verse that's been on my mind a good deal recently. First Peter chapter 5, verse 11. And this will kind of introduce this help that the Lord gives us in Romans chapter 8. When we feel ourselves to be surrounded with many troubles, when we feel discouraged, when we don't know how we can take even one more step forward, Please remember a verse like this, because every single kingdom dynamic is operative in this verse. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. Now, here are the three main dynamics of the Christian life. Write these down. Number one, 
The God of all grace, of all strength, has called us to an eternal inheritance and reward. And it is fixed. And it is certain. We saw last Lord's Day in Romans 8 that glory is going to be revealed in us. But second, after you have suffered a while. Now I know we like for everything to be sweetness and light. And one day it will be beloved. But remember, we had several messages recently where suffering and cross-bearing have found their way into those messages. Because they are very common in Scripture. And God says the path to glory leads through the valley of the cross. So that you can be made like Jesus. So that His power can be made perfect and come to its perfect purpose in your life. As you are emptied of yourself and you learn to depend more on God's power alone. But notice the third dynamic. It's just not, well, heaven is coming, so uh, don't, uh, so we're, we're, we may be crying now, but heaven's coming. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But now on earth, it's just blood, sweat, and tears. No, look at the rest of the paragraph. Make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. So as a result of suffering, in suffering, God is able to settle us. He is able to strengthen us so that we can endure our sufferings for as long as they last. As long as the tears continue to flow. His grace is sufficient for each one of us. Now we come back to Romans 8. And I want us to look at a passage that I have to admit up front is really beyond me. I mean, I know what the words say, and that is what we are going to stick to, because how this happens, what it sounds like, is one of the things Calvin used to say about Christ's presence in the Lord's Supper, that it is more felt than it is understood. So please bear with me as we wade through this. Notice the first line. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us. That is a powerful phrase in and of itself. So we've got these sufferings. We've got these afflictions. People are dying. People are getting sick. There's persecution all around the world today. Christians have died today somewhere for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we do have pressures and troubles going on. And the Lord says, let me tell you something else I'm doing. Not only am I fostering this hope in you that we saw in verses 18 through 25, but I've also done something else for you. I have given you the most serious gift, second perhaps to salvation. Through my son, I have given you my spirit. Now remember who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a living person. You know, you can't lie to a mere force. 
But Ananias and Sapphira were struck down because they lied to the Holy Ghost. They lied to God. So the Lord, in order to help us, to sustain us while we were crying, while we're suffering, while we are in pain, while we are worrying, while we're fearful, He gives us the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to help us. Now, this word for help here is really quite rare. In fact, to my knowledge, it is found only one other time in all of Scripture. And it means in Greek, to come alongside of and lay hold of something with someone. To see someone, for example, who has a huge desk to move, and I come alongside and I lend a hand so that together we can move it. And if you are a believer, that is what the Holy Spirit does with the burdens in your life. That is what he does with your cares, with your tears, and as well, as we will see in a moment, with your prayers. He comes alongside. Now, of course, he doesn't really come alongside because he hasn't gone anywhere. Remember, he's always with you as a believer. He takes hold of our burdens with us because we cannot bear them alone. We would expire in a moment. We would abandon the faith in a moment if we were bearing all these things alone. You see, one of the reasons that we're not more excited and joyful as Christians is we forget. Was there a time this week when I was just tempted to give up, but someone said, just keep believing, just keep going, keep calling on the Lord, keep trusting the Lord? Did you have a moment like that this week, or were you fearful? And then all of a sudden, those fears went away. And you said, I know this is serious. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. But I'm going to trust the Lord. Let me tell you something. You didn't do that. The indwelling Holy Spirit did that in you. Did you pull your eyes away from the computer, from watching something you should not be watching? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to waste my time. That was the Holy Spirit doing that. So this Holy Spirit indwells us. He is the seal of our redemption. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you by my spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the bond of the seal between Christ and us. He takes our burdens. He takes our cares and our prayers And he joins his own hand to them, and he helps us. So you've got to think about that the next time you say, I can't beat this sin in my life. You know, we do this unthinkingly. I know it's not conscious, at least not normally. But when we say, I just can't beat this sin, this is just the way I am, we're literally spitting on the Holy Spirit. When you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to gossip here just a, a little, or when we say, I can't go on in my marriage, I can't go on with these children, 
I can't go on with this checkbook or you fill in your own misery. What, are, what we're saying is, I'm weak. And that is fine to say. I just can't do this anymore. But remember, the I is dead. Because Christ dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. So Paul can say in Galatians 2.20, I live, but it is no longer the old I It is Christ who now lives in me. So remember that. When we're going through difficulties this week, and you say, I I don't know how I can stop this. I don't know if I can do this. The Holy Spirit was given to us for this very reason, to come alongside of us, to lay hold of our burdens and our cares and to propel us to uphold us, support us, strengthen us so we can continue our pilgrimage. So rejoice, brethren. Be glad. Nothing you bear this week will you bear alone. No one who is persecuted, no one who was martyred this week for their faith will do it alone. You might say, yeah, but God didn't help them. They all still died. Well, yes and no. We have to be real careful how we talk about the passing of believers. The New Testament uses the word sleep to refer to the death of the body of a believer. But I, the new me, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to lose consciousness for one second. Because as soon as I part from this body... And it expires in hope of the resurrection. My spirit is going to go and be with the Lord Jesus consciously and with joy. So the Holy Spirit is this incredible divine helper of every Christian. So make sure you go to him for help. Now, we are given encouragement here. It's help with what? Help with our infirmities. The word infirmities in verse 26 is just a description of us, that we are completely infirm or not physically or mentally strong. It's an old word that we don't really use much anymore. But look at yourself this week when you read the Gospels and you see the crippled man who couldn't take a step. That is you and I. Or the blind man who couldn't see, that is us, before God comes to us and helps us. Now, why does he tell us here something we should already know? Because we don't really know it. I mean, we kind of know. I'm weak. But do we spend our time praying and seeking the Lord on this matter? No, because we like to think we can handle anything and everything. So we cover it up. No, 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 we're not that weak. Look at what we have accomplished. But there is an element in the church who have fought tooth and nail for 2,000 years to hold on to the old gospel, the true gospel, because the newer versions of the gospel don't do justice to our weakness. They say, no, 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 you have some strength left in you. 
You're not totally dead in sin. You're not totally depraved. You can act on your own free will to believe. Well, in saying that, you just told people they are not as weak as the Bible tells them that they are. So we need to be told because we don't believe it. That we are weak until God comes by his spirit and holds us by his power. Now, why does he tell us this? It is to encourage us. Wait a minute. If I'm really this weak, God knows me better than myself. So I need to go where I can get some help for this. This is really getting me down. If you had some troubling things in your life that were really weighing you down and you went and got help, why did you do that? Why did you go and get help? It is because you were confronted inescapably with, I'm just too weak here and I cannot deal with this by myself. And God says about our whole life that we are completely weak. But the reason I've told you you are weak, God says, is so you will come to me because I am omnipotent. I have all strength. Are you going through a difficult time? He asks, I will carry you. And of course, our Lord Jesus went through the most difficult time there ever was. And now he is risen and he reigns at the right hand of the Father and he sympathizes with us in our weakness. And he prays for us always so that we will never be lost in our misery. So there is help. But we need to be encouraged to seek the help. And the only way we will is if we pass through the very narrow gate of self-honesty. Have you passed through it? Have you passed through the narrow gate of self-honesty? John fifteen four. The Lord says, without me, you can do nothing. But it's okay, he says, because I can do everything. And I have given you my spirit. So come to me. You know, compounding our weakness, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Maybe you say, well, you know, I'm a little sick and I should go to the doctor And so you ask people to pray for you that everything will turn out okay. Or after you've gone to the doctor and maybe you had some tests, you ask some people to pray. Could you ask the Lord that the results of the test will be good? As if God is some kind of magician. Or that he changes the x-rays or the blood test. Well, you know, they're in the filing cabinet. And they say you are terminal. But of course... He's just going to change them. And he's going to declare you are Methuselah. James is right, isn't he? I mean, we ask, but we don't have. Why does he say that in chapter 4? Because we ask amiss. We ask to have our lusts completed or fulfilled. By the way, the word lust just doesn't mean sexual lust. The word there can mean like how we pray, for example, politically. We're very aware that there is much trouble going on and 
that there are all kinds of mischief makers and bureaucratic liars, and there always has been. But we certainly know more about them today, I suppose because of technology that makes lies instantly accessible. But the point is, we start praying that we may of life, uh, that in life, uh, is, that life is not a, a jeopardy for us with high taxes and inflation and war and pandemics, many bad people in political office and all that is true. But the problem is, that is not the main thing we're supposed to pray for. We pray such things as, I want, to, want it to be sweetness and light. Please, Lord, don't make my life too hard. I think we witness every day exactly what the Holy Apostle says here. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. We are clueless. And even when we set out to pray, we may just follow Scripture. I'm just going to pray the Psalms. But I'm sure you've all gone through this. Our minds then tend to wander as we just read through a psalm for a prayer. You don't have to think. But notice here, we've got some help that is amazing. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is an area where we see the veil, maybe the flutter of the curtain, but we can't see behind it. But what we do know is this. As a believer, you've got two divine persons praying for you every moment. Which, by the way, makes the prayers of the saints, Saint Joseph, Saint Mark, Saint this, utterly irrelevant, meaning in the Catholic, Roman Catholic sense and their intercession. We have in Romans 8.34... Who is he that commandeth, that condemneth? It is Jesus Christ who died, yeah, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So the Lord Jesus is within the veil. He's at the right hand of the Father. He has entered into his kingdom and his glory. And what is he doing? He is interceding for each of you. He is acting as an advocate for us before the Father. He's praying and pleading. And we have to be careful. Because this is one of those areas where we should not think that the Lord is just muttering prayers 24-7. But in some mysterious way, His presence there, His sacrifice, His words, His feelings. He and the Father are perfectly one in this, as well as the Spirit. So He is there for us, he is the head. We are the body. And he is praying for us. So the Lord Jesus is praying within the veil. But there's something else going on. The indwelling spirit. Now, you think about this. As you may suffer a little bit this week. Or you get into some trouble. Or you're struggling with your sins. You not only have an advocate at the right hand of the Father. But you have a holy, divine advocate who indwells you. And he is helping you. In his prayers, through his intercession, he is upholding you. 
One of the reasons this is stated here, if you are a believer, is to show you you cannot fall away. If you are a believer, there is nothing you will face that God's power is not able to sustain you through. He has shown us things that we cannot know any other way except He reveal them to us. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.